Welcome to Vets Beyond the Uniform, a weekly podcast that focuses on helping veterans successfully find and integrate into new careers after leaving the military service. Listen in as our host and guest experts share key insights on the successful programs helping veterans to enter and thrive in the civilian workforce. For more information after the program, please visit us at VetsBeyondTheUniform.com. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Vets Beyond the Uniform podcast. I am Maile Mancia, and joining me today from the Vets Beyond the Uniform team, I have Dave Beadle and Paul Savalani. On today's show, Dave will be talking with Phil Blair, Executive Officer of Manpower and author of Job One. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Uh, why don't you tell us about Manpower and how you support veterans today? Well, it's an easy uh, option. We're based here in San Diego, which has one of the uh, largest concentrations of transitioning, uh, especially Navy, but of uh, transitioning military people. And um, it's a great way for people in San Diego to support the military, which is a big asset to our community. And we uh, were approached by some admirals that were concerned about transitioning veterans and therefore uh, wrote the book Job One for America's Veterans to help them with transition issues. Um, how to interview, how to dress, how to polite persistence, thank you notes, all the, uh, all the things that are so important during um, a job search and how we acknowledge how difficult it is to transition from the military into the private sector. I mean, it's like oil and water, and I tell people that anybody if, like me transitioning to the military would have a huge uh, wake-up call. So we understand how difficult that is, but what the need is and the quality of the uh, potential employees for the private sector. So Manpower, um, we are a franchise in here in Las Vegas and Temecula, Albuquerque, and Spokane, so we're very veteran-friendly and also um, veteran spouses. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Phil. Now, at Manpower, what is your mission and how does that mission you have support veterans? Well, we're a staffing firm, and so we hire between ten and 12,000 people a year for jobs um, all the way from IT, engineering, technicians, uh, to production workers at uh, $14, $15, $16 an hour. So we have typically about 3,000 people out working every day, so we have lots of opportunities for veterans. Um, we have lots of job openings to fill. 42% of our jobs end up being permanent, that our customers are so pleased with our uh, temporary associates that they hire them for their staff, so it's an excellent way to uh, try before you buy for both the client and for the um, associate, so that in veterans' cases to make sure this is a job they want to take on permanently versus just a three or six month assignment. So it's an excellent way to transition into the private sector. And plus, we're here looking for jobs for veterans to support them pretty much as their agents. So it's, um, it's a win-win. We get our, our customers are happy. We fill orders and uh, we go out of our way to give preferential treatment, assuming everything else is equal to veterans. Yes, Absolutely. 
um, we great we greatly appreciate all that support support you give to our veterans. Now, and I I do want to reiterate how you mentioned at the beginning how the two cultures are completely different, the civilian versus the uh, military work. Can you please um, explain to me or give our listeners some information on how you try to bridge those gaps um, when helping them uh, at Manpower to find civilian careers? Well, I think the the biggest thing we do, we have a – staff of uh, four people on our work path division, and they focus on this, uh, this transition. <clears throat> and um, the biggest challenge is, you know, it's, it sounds very facetious, but um, a few years ago I had a uh, captain of a submarine that was retiring, and um, gosh, he was having trouble thinking about how that transitions into private sector, since there aren't too many submarine captains in our in the private sector. And really, as we peeled it back, he's a CEO of a very large company with a huge budget with uh, over a year's period, six, seven, eight hundred employees that transition all the time. And um, his leadership skills are very applicable out of a submarine. And uh, we just needed to open those doors to him and teach him how to sell himself. And that's what's important to a lot of our veterans that are transitioning is opening up their um, horizons of what their jobs are. Because typically we find in the military, you're assigned to do a job, you're assigned to move here, and you don't ask for jobs, you don't ask for promotions, you don't ask for raises, and and how to be more proactive on your own career management. So um, that's what we focus on, and that's what the book is about, is to uh, guide Admirals all the way down to, you know, E-3-4s, how to transition to the private sector. That's fantastic. Uh, Phil, Dave Beadle here. How are you doing today? Hey, Dave. How are you? Doing great. Good, good. Hey, it's been Technology Tuesday, and I use the technology in air quotes in terms of it's not being friendly to us, but we're, we're making do here. No problem. Good, good. So, hey, I just wanted to follow up on that a little bit. So, um, obviously, read your book, and uh, you know, you and I have been uh, kind of running in the same circles for for a few years now with with veterans. What would you say, kind of, if you had to pick one thing, what is like the one thing that is the most important for veterans to think about and in their transition coming out of the military, going into the private sector? Well, Dave, that's typical in HR. I'll take two. One is the resume, because <laughs> if if uh, if if you just send me the bio or resume that you use in the military, it is a foreign language. It might as well be in Arabic to me in the private sector and and 99% of HR people. We just don't mm-hmm. understand all the acronyms. We don't understand the words. We don't understand the job description. We don't understand the leadership. I mean, it just is a foreign language. So number one is it takes a lot of patience and hand-holding to rewrite that resume into a private sector resume and those transferable skills. And then I'll segue this quickly. It's the same thing is true in an interview, right? The military is very structured. Uh, We see examples of you don't – the HR, the business owner or the department manager or the HR recruiter is seen as as the uh, senior level officer and 
An interview is a conversation. It's uh, get to know each other. I mean, you look good on paper, but now let's just talk. And we find that too many veterans are reticent to, to do nothing but answer questions that are specifically asked to them. Well, that makes mm-hmm. interviewer uncomfortable. It's like, boy, this guy is too structured. I remember one of my greatest employees who's been with me for 31 years, we hired out of the military 31 years ago. And during the interview, it was, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir, no, sir. And we're a people business. We're easygoing. We're mm-hmm. casual. We like people. I went to this, you know, the boss of this guy, and I said, look, I don't, it's your call. I'm not going to veto him, but he's got to chill. I mean, this structure of yes, sir, and Mr. Blair, and yes, sir, is not going to fit in with our culture. Luckily, I was absolutely wrong. And it worked out beautifully 31 years later. Um, but those are the sort of things you have to watch because the interview is so important because that's the deciding factor. And uh, I've got to see you fitting into our company and our corporate culture. And there's very few companies, and especially we're in the West, and especially our largest operation is San Diego. Mm-hmm. It's a laid-back community. So we need people who, there's no question they can do the work and have the right. energy and the devotion, but they got to sell us. And and that's where I see the struggle. So on paper yeah. and then personally. Yeah, it's really all about telling the story, right? You have to communicate that story both in writing and then when you're actually sitting across the table from somebody. Well, and that story can't be, I commanded 800 people and the assault something in Vietnam was this, and then in Iraq I did this and we did the 609 and it was, whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, what? Down boy, you know? I don't get that. And <laughs> yeah, I remember exactly. in HR, I'm going to refer you on to the department manager or the, the CEO or the business owner, and I can't have them walking down the hall going, what did you just have me in? Who? I didn't understand a word he said. His examples of leadership were attacking and killing people and bombing, you know, right? We're a manufacturing company. So – you see this huge disconnect. So your leadership yeah. skills can't be about attacking things or bombing things or harming people, right? We talk to a lot of um, uh, the Honor Foundation here, Navy SEALs, right? Mm-hmm. Well, tell me about tell me about uh, your job assignment. Can't tell you. Tell me about where you were assigned. Can't tell you. Well, tell me about your key skill sets. Can't tell you. <laughs> well. Where's that interview going, right? Yeah, not, not very far. By law, they can't. But we got to let go of that and talk about leadership skills, talk about motivation, talk about energy level, talking about accomplishing goals without giving away, well, did you know in Iraq on the night of so-and-so, that secret mission I was on? You know, they can't do that. So that's really what yeah. I consider the biggest roadblock. Yeah. So then when we – so to, to fine-tune that a little bit, it's not just about telling stories, but then – how important is it that the veteran understand the business and the role that they're interviewing for and being able to relate their experience to something that's going to be beneficial to the employer? Well, you're right, and that's true with every applicant, mm-hmm. right? You need to research the company in your interview. You need to understand what their market is, what their pain points are, what new products are coming out, um, whether they're – have an international market. 
so that you look like you've done your homework and you care about this job. Many years exactly. ago, I had a salesperson that was applying for a job, and about 10 minutes into the interview, she said, by the way, what does Manpower do? <laughs> it was like I couldn't pick her out of the office. <laughs> it was like, what? So, but sitting down and going, I'm really excited about your new product that you're going to be um, introducing into the Asian markets. And while I was in um, assigned to Cambodia, I learned some Vietnamese and I learned some Cambodian data. And so it's like, whoa, this guy, he's traveled international, he's lived international. He knows what our product is. He can talk about his experience in the military and how it applied to that product. This is like a win-win-win. That's what yeah. you need to do. Yeah, exactly. So now let's let's take a look at at things in light of what's happening today. We are still in the midst of COVID. Now uh, I don't know if you know Phil, but uh, since you and I last chatted, <laughs> I've so relocated to, to the East about Coast COVID today. And other things that are going on in our community. Go ahead. Yeah, so how, how, how has it changed? I mean, is, is it different now with, uh, with COVID? Do the, is the job search process looking differently? And I don't know what San Diego job opportunities are right now because, like I said, I've relocated to the East Coast, so I'm not as familiar as what's happening back in San Diego these days. So what's, what's different, what is, if there is anything different as a result of where we are in the middle of COVID? Well, some things haven't changed. It's 68 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, and um, <laughs> the ocean is short. So that hasn't changed. Um, we really, those of us, as you know, Dave and San Diego can get so obnoxious about living here. Um, <laughs> the thing that has changed is Zoom, 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 Zoom. And there's a real talent to interview. There's a talent to interviewing someone on Zoom, and there's a talent being interviewed on Zoom. Mm. Lighting matters. Conversation matters. Um, distractions in the back. You know, your cat jumping on the desk. Not a good thing. Um, <laughs> my cat is sitting on the other side of my desk right now, so we're good. <laughs> God, I wish I had a TV I could turn on right now and out you on. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's why we're on pod. That's why you're on podcasts, right? For that reason. That's it. Um, it's a professional sort of thing, and um, I, I tell people as an interviewer, I look at some whether I'm interviewing them face to face, or I'm interviewing on the phone, or I'm interviewing. The, and remember, any phone conversation is absolutely part of the of the interview. How do you handle things on the phone? But in a Zoom interview, I'm sitting here thinking. I'm interviewing John. Would I feel comfortable with John in front of my biggest customer representing my company? Mm -hmm. Is he handling this Zoom interview well? Is he still personable or is he very stiff because things are a little off kilter and it's a Zoom interview? Is he trying to put me at ease as much as himself at ease? Or is he so stiff that I wouldn't want to have lunch with this guy in the future? So mm -hmm. that's what the issue is about. Are you a nice person that I would want to have you in my company? And if I have any questions, I'll go on to the next person because mm -hmm. I don't want to settle. 
So being able to give a good interview is essential. Being able to give a good Zoom interview, to answer your question, is as essential. It's not a pretend interview. It's not in lieu of interview. This is it, folks. And especially with working remote, I may never meet you face-to-face. Right. And you mm-hmm. may never come to my office here. So you're Zooming from home, and your wife keeps walking by, and the kids are in the background, and the dog's barking, and I'm going, whoa, if he was talking to my biggest customer, would I want the dog barking in the background? Would I want mm-hmm. the wife walking? No. And if he or she doesn't have the judgment to know in an interview, I need to be in a private place with a quiet, with, with the right lighting, and look and act professional, then I don't trust their judgment. And once you yeah, get no, to that's, that, that's a really good point. don't trust your judgment, whether you're a veteran or not. So many of these things apply to veterans and all the rest of us. So that mm-hmm. becomes that becomes the, the deal killer today. Can you work unmanaged face-to-face? Can you effectively and professionally do a Zoom sales call or a Zoom interview or a, mm-hmm. a Zoom training to the customer? Or if it's customer service, can you take an order professionally over the phone or over Zoom? Um, And if I have my doubts about that, I will pass and move on. Making a good hire is very, very important, especially now, because you don't have room to make errors. Yeah, and it's it's costly too. I mean, there's it's costly not only financially for the organization, but as you said, it can cost you um, in your relationships with with your customers and and, and the public. Correct? Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah. I think people think, oh, well, I don't want to be in sales. Well, if you don't acknowledge we're all in sales in some way or should be in sales in some way, then um, you're probably not going to be a good employee. Mm-hmm. Sales can be yeah, I, motivating my fellow workers in my department. It can be looking looking for leads for salespeople. It can be looking for new clients that say, hey, you ought to call on my neighbor. They buy our service, and they're buying it from somebody else. You know, Are you a salesperson? No. You're a technician. But how you handle customers builds that business or can kill it. Mm-hmm. So, Phil, with that said, those are those oftentimes are skills that folks coming out of the military or in the military aren't necessarily exposed to. So, how would you say, how would you suggest that that folks kind of get um, get their feet wet at the very least? Um, certainly, with with Zoom, they got to get comfortable so they're not stiff. But but how would they pick up these these things that kind of the essentials of understanding where sales fits in the equation of doing business? Everywhere. They need to get out into my world. You know, I talk about I'm in, God forbid, I'm an ROTC dropout after one semester, so I don't understand that world, but you're coming mm-hmm. into mine. So the golden rule, I have the gold, so I make the rules, right? So you, you have right. to adjust to me. Um, and... Most veterans, I find, have an inclination they're going to be getting out in the next 12 months, 8 months, something like that. This isn't mm-hmm. a decision you make with a snap of the fingers. So right. start 
getting involved in the community now. Start going to, if you're in the um, accounting business in the military, start going to the San Diego Association of Accountants lunches, if they had a lunch. Go to their Zoom meetings. See how people interact. See what the programs are like. See what the professionals, how they communicate. Do volunteer work. Get out of the military circles as much as you can on weekends, um, nights, vacations, and participate in the community as a civilian. And you'll realize, I can do this. I can do this. This is great. But don't have your first interview of a job you would kill to get be your first interaction with the private sector in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's it's practice. A lot of it is practice. We always used to talk when I was at the Honor Foundation, we'd talk about getting rounds down range. So that they kind of understood in their vernacular what they needed to do. There's there's a lot of opportunities for folks to practice around, right? Yep. In fact, you know what I use from the Honor Foundation, and maybe from you, Dave, is that 50 cups of coffee mm-hmm. Yeah. that you guys use, right? Until you've had 50 mm-hmm. cups of coffee with with networking people. That's, I mean, that's the other thing. If we have time, veterans, I find, are very bad at networking. They're unhappy calling strangers and say, will you meet with me? And yeah, that's, that's a key. There's, there's just a reluctance it seems like sometimes. Mm-hmm. To connecting to opportunities. Um, because I think there's a standoffish of veterans like, I don't understand them. I don't understand what they talk about. I don't know what they've been doing. I think they all kill people, and I don't want that kind of um, approach in my little company. And then they meet somebody, and they go, hey, what a cool guy or gal, right? Gee, I'd love to have them here in the company. And they would add so much to our company. So you sort of got to get over that hurdle of not that I – it's like it's a foreign land to me interviewing a veteran if I'm not in the HR business or, or you know, like like we have been here. And mm-hmm. um, so you got to come across, I'm just a good old guy, you know, with some great talents. And that's important, and that's what networking is all about and, um, and getting involved in the community. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing that I want to ask, because this is something I found was, was really interesting, and I think you and I have chatted about this before, but – most of the veterans that I've worked with when they're transitioning out, they're looking at job as the job I get out of the military is going to be full-time jobs, last job I'm going to do, I'm going to hop into here for 20 years. And they kind of seem to miss the opportunity that presents with what a lot of what you do at Manpower and a lot of other um, agencies. So can you talk a little bit about the opportunities and advantages of maybe getting a temp or a contract position as their first job coming out of the military. Well, I'm a big fan of that, and usually people that are coming out of the military, one of the reasons they went in is the security. I know I'm going to have a paycheck. I know what my benefits are. I know the turnover rate is extremely low. You know, I may not get a lot of promotions, but I'm not going to get fired short of treason mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the private sector, oh, my God, people are being hired and fired all the time, and it feels very fluid. Well, the reality in America now is that the average permanent job is slightly over four years. It's not 35 years anymore. Mm-hmm. And for millennials, you know, we're getting 
tired of using that phrase, but for young people out of college who are making this sort of same transition into the real world, it's, it's slightly over two years. So I tell you, when you accept a job, it's not a lifetime. And it doesn't mean you have to be an accountant for a lifetime just because you accepted a job in the accounting department. And the reason that the four-year thing is not so much the company is going to say, I don't want you anymore, John. It's going to be John going, you know, I'm not growing in this job. I'm moving on to another job. Now, the job may be in another company, in another region of the country, it may be a, or it might just be I'm moving over to the marketing department from the finance department or from the accounting department, or I'm moving industries. I, I, I don't like the industry I'm in. I want to get out of telecommunications and into you know um, tourism and hospitality or something. So we're all moving around, and from a hiring point of view, and you know we do. Um, executive search, headhunting. If somebody's mm-hmm. been with one company for 25 years, and they go, I've been here 25, you know, my first thought is, nobody hired you out? Nobody thought you were a great employee and stole you for another job? You only know mm-hmm. one way of doing things. You've been at ABC mm-hmm. Company for 25 years. That's the only thing you know. So when I bring you in, I'm only getting ABC's history. I'd rather have somebody that's been at IBM for four years, been at Google for six years, been at Apple for two years, and now I'm getting all this sort of multifaceted employee. Um, Now, when I say that, I tell my own employees, because we have retention, I mean, like my 31-year example, I have 28 years, I have 25 years, I say, this does not apply to my manpower staff. You are to be here forever because <laughs> you're wonderful. Um, so <laughs> I came back for a presentation my, and one of my, my staff said, well, so I guess I should be leaving because I've been here four years. And I go, no, 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 no. Don't listen to <laughs> But But we're just looking for a, 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 a multifaceted employee. So don't just tell me what your military job. Tell me about volunteer work you did. Tell me about coaching kids. Tell me about being a foster parent. Tell me about being big brothers, big sisters. Um, tell me what you did in your own time um, to make yourself better. Tell me about ongoing education. You know, I was at sea for six months. What a perfect time to take online training. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever free time, what are you going to do? You might as well start working toward your degree or your AA degree or your associate or your your MBA, just show me that lifelong learning. I love to learn new things. So when I come to your company, I'm going to bring not only my basis of what I, my experiences and knowledge, but I want to keep learning. Teach me your way of doing things. Teach me new things. Because I want to stay a valuable employee. When that, that four-year or two-year mark that comes up, a lot of times, it's employees got stale. You know, technology is changing so fast that the boss goes, oh, I need you to learn this new software, this new way of learning how to Zoom interview. And they go, no, I don't want to learn new things. I like what I'm doing right now. And Well, that's not the employee I want to keep. That's the one I'm going to shake hands and go, you know, John, it's been great three years, but you're not keeping up with my business. Mm-hmm. And you show no inclination to want to keep up with my business. 
You're stuck in the mud, and you're going to be cut loose. Now, conversely, yeah. we're going to come quit if I'm using the same technology we've been using for six years. I'm As an employee, I'm stale. If we don't start interviewing by Zoom, if we don't start doing remote working, if we don't start using this newest software, if we don't start going after clients that really test us and we have new products and exciting things in the market, I'm going to leave and go to a company that does have that. Right. So those are the things you need to keep in mind when you think about, am I going to be in this job for four years or six years? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, so it's all about growth, and I think that's, that's a difficult mindset oftentimes for, for veterans to get over, especially those that have been in for for a full career because that's what, like you said, that's what they're used to. They've been in the military. They knew they were going to get fired. They had changes kind of in, in a lot of the stuff that they did, but essentially they were, you know, in the, in the same in the same organization for that long period of time, and it's difficult for them oftentimes to wrap their heads around what it's what it's like in the civilian sector. So um, yeah, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, I did want to ask you one question. First of all, I want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about your book um, and how folks can get it. We'll have information in the um, in the notes, um, letting folks know how to. But how can people get your book? Uh, the easiest thing is Amazon Books. You just get it. You can either download it or uh, or you know, buy the book there. That's the easiest way. Um, if you're in San Fantastic. Diego, you can come by and get one. But but online is 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 fast service. So, but it's um, it's it's meant to be a book you don't read once. I mean, you go back. I've got mm-hmm. an interview, so I go back and read the interviewing chapter again. I'm rewriting my resume, which is essential. That you write a resume, you customize it for each job. Because I'm going to know if this is just a generic resume you send for every job. If you don't put enough energy into customizing it to, to describe why you're right for my position, I'm going to spend equal amount of time, which is zero, by hitting the delete button. Um, right. So go back and read that chapter. It's, it's meant to be written in text. But the other thing, quickly, is most veterans say, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what's in mm-hmm. the private sector. I don't know what, and there's lots of exercises about finding what industries interest you and excite you because we want you to be excited about this new adventure you're going on and um, not just get a paycheck because you've yeah. got great growth potentials here in the private sector. Absolutely. So, Phil, as the, as the last question here, so, and we'll wrap this up, is going to ask you to put on your, your crystal ball, pull it off your desk, and say – Look out the beautiful blue ocean there because I've been in your office. I know what kind of a great view you got. Um, what do you see coming up here in this next year? 2021, been off to a bit of a strange start, but what do you see 2021 and the job outlook, particularly for, for veterans? Well, I think it will be very good. I think there's so much hunkering down and everybody's sort of afraid to, uh, to make changes that um, it's, it's going to be like a reestablishment. People say, is it a light switch? Like, 70% of people are vaccinated, bam, 20 million people go back to work. I think it will be a reestat in certain industries. Um, my advice to veterans, if you're going to get out in 2021, start looking now, start preparing yourself, start civilianizing yourself, and that includes what you wear. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Worst case, I had a guy come in in his in Navy uniform for an interview because he thought he was dressing up for an interview. And what that said to me is, this guy's not ready to let go. 
right? Yeah. He's not in the private sector yet. Um, the black sign, shiny shoes, you think, I don't know. Go buy some shoes that aren't uniform shoes. Show me you have civilianized yourself because I don't have the, the bandwidth to do that for you. I can't give you three months to learn our jargon, to get comfortable talking non-military acronyms, to start stop talking about, well, when I was in Iraq on so-and-so. It's like, the private sector, that's, you know, thank you for your service, but let go. Mm-hmm. You're in my world now. Yeah. Um, so that's what's really important. They're wonderful employees, but they have to, pre- veterans have to prepare themselves. They have to acknowledge they have to change to meet my golden rule, right? I can only go mm-hmm. so far because I'm not going to cross my fingers and go, I hired Joe, and I hope he can make the transition, but he hasn't done it yet. So, yeah, that's, that's the biggest concern. But knowing what you want to do, you can't sit in front of people like me and I say, well, how can I help you get a job? Because I hire, as I said, thousands of people a year. I don't know what I want to do. Well, get that solved first, right? It might be mm-hmm. the area I'm interested in are HR, sales, and um, teaching. Okay, now I can work with you. A lot of uh, informational interviews, a um, lot of um, cups of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn about industries, learn about other people's careers, learn about companies and where you might fit in. Yeah. So use all the resources on the base and prepare yourself months and months ahead of your first interview. And read my book. Or there any other go. book. Yeah. Any other good book out there. I don't mean literally mine. No, that's, that's great, Phil. And we talked, too, about um, you know the transition piece is just what you described. First of all, you're making that decision, okay, I'm going to get out. What do I need to do to get myself prepared? But really, we, when we talk about Vets Beyond the Uniform, and it's an acronym, it's Veterans um, Educational Transformation Solutions. So we believe in that transformation piece. And that's what you were emphasizing there kind of throughout the, the conversation today is being prepared to play in your sandbox and work in your world and understand that you're the, you're, you have the golden rule. And that's what we think is that, that transformation piece. You're not just transitioning from a job in the military to a job in the civilian sector. You have to make that transformation from being a service member to a viable member of the civilian community who just happens to be a veteran. Um, yeah, and, and then know you do have some great attributes, some trump cards, and I need to find a new mm-hmm. phrase for that. You do have <laughs> yeah. a card to play mm-hmm. and use it. Don't overuse it, but it, it's most communities, but boy, especially in San Diego, being a veteran moves you way up the list. Now you got to prove yourself. Absolutely. 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 All right. Well, Phil, thank thanks very you. much. This has been a great conversation today. I'm going to turn it back over to Mally. Great. Thank okay. you so much. Great Dave. talking to you, Dave. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. And it's been great having you on our show as a guest today. And Dave, thank you for hosting our show today. Um, All the links and contact information presented on today's show will be in the show description. And as always, if you have any questions, please check us out at www.vetsbeyondtheuniform.com or you can reach us at training at vetsbeyondtheuniform.com. 
Thank you for tuning in and listening, and have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you.